Go ahead and stand back up with me for a moment, if you don't mind. I want to do the declaration. Um, there's power in this declaration, and we're going to talk a little bit about declaring here in a little bit. So um, I can't leave this out. I don't know if there's anybody up there or not. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If you know it, say it with me. If not, that's all right. Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. As your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. That might be one of my favorite parts about getting to be up here and, and talk to you all. Um, you can go ahead and be seated. Um, when Randy asked me to do this devotion, I knew right away what scripture text we were going to use tonight because it's a scripture or it's a chapter that's been on my heart for a while, and I think it's. Um, a chapter that's very appropriate for where our nation is right now. And I know there are many things that we can talk about, but tonight, again, the nation is on my heart, so you can keep that in mind as we're reading this. Um, but I'm going to read Second Chronicles chapter 20, and the, the text is a little lengthy, but that's all right. Um, it's applicable to what we're going to talk about here tonight. Um, I don't know if this is a five-minute devotion or a 10 or a 15. I have no idea. So if I'm longer than that, I ask for mercy. Um, but the, Lord's, the Lord is here. He's, he's in this. So it's going to be all right. So it says, The armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed. Jehoshaphat said, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now we see what the armies of and now we see the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. 
You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see, here they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking for, to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jezeel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Madaniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. Jezeel said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side." Now, this is probably the most familiar and loved chapter of 2 Chronicles because it explains how the Lord gives victory to those who trust him. 
It's in this chapter that we find that Jehoshaphat is facing one of the greatest external threats of his reign. But we're going to find out, we're going to see how it also became one of the greatest victories that he ever experienced. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That means when we're engaging in spiritual warfare, we don't use fleshly tools. We have to use spiritual tools. We, we need a heavenly strategy. And that's what 2 Chronicles chapter 20 shows us is a heavenly strategy. Our text reveals three key elements that put God's people in the place where he can deliver them. The first key element is fasting. And we're not going to spend time here for the sake of time, but I just want to throw this in here. If you need to hear from the Lord and if you need to hear an answer from God, go on a fast. Because it opens up your hearing and it makes you sensitive to the Spirit of God. The second key element to victory is prayer. And that's what we're here for tonight. That's why we gather here on Wednesday nights, is to hear the word of the Lord, to build our faith, and then enter in to a time of prayer. So we're going to take a look at Jehoshaphat's prayer. It says in verse 2 that a great multitude of Moabites, Ammonites, and others from Syria were plotting against Judah. They wanted to, um, they were the enemies of Judah. And it's in the face of these incredible odds that Jehoshaphat humbled himself before the Lord and he prayed. Verse 12 shows us just how desperate and helpless Jehoshaphat felt. He said, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this enemy. We are powerless against this army that is about to attack us. They're right here. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for our help. Jehoshaphat lays it all out before the Lord. He says, God, you're the ruler of heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms below. He says, you hold all power and all might in your hands so that no one stands a chance against you. He says, Lord, we have no power that's come against us. We have no power against this vast army that has come against us. He said, I don't even know what to do. He said, but I'm counting on you. He goes on to say, he says, when the worst comes against us, whether it be famine, whether it be war or flood or disease, he said, we take our place right here at this temple. He says, we come to the church. That's that's where we go. We gather together at the church because we know that you're going to meet us there. He says, we know that you are present in the temple. He says, we're here, Lord, to pray out our pain. We're going to pray out our trouble. We're going to lay it all out to you. And he says, we know we're confident that you will listen and you will give us the victory. And I'm paraphrasing his prayer. He says, but look, here we are. He said, now here we are. He said, we've got the men from Ammon. We've got Moab. We've got Mount Seir. They've all shown up. They've all turned out against us. He says, you didn't let Israel touch them. When we first came, he said, we went around them and we didn't lay a hand on them. He said, and now they've come to kick us out of our country, the country that you gave us. He said, God, won't you take care of them? We're helpless against this mob that's ready to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for our help. Isn't that where our nation is at right now? 
God, this mob, this great vast mob has come out against us, not just against the church, against God, against our liberties that we have in Christ. But then came the word of the Lord through the prophet Jezeel. Jezeel said, and I love to just envision this in my mind. Picture this in your mind. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Or we could say, listen, people of the palace of praise. He says, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Listen, pastors. Listen, leaders. Listen, laymen. Listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. You will not need to fight. Take your positions. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. He is with you, palace of praise. He is with you, people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Keep moving forward. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep doing what you know that you're supposed to do. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Stand your position. Stand in prayer. Keep showing up at the temple. Keep showing up at the church. Show up for prayer. Verse 20 says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. This is not my word. This is the word of God. Believe in the prophets, and you will succeed. In other words, be confident of the word of the Lord. Be confident of the word of God. Stand strong in the word that God has given us. Stand in the word. God always has a plan. He always has a purpose. And we are living in uncertain times. And there are many uncertainties surrounding us right now. But there are many things that we can be certain of. And that is that the word does not change. The word of God will not fail you. The word of God will carry you through. The word of God will carry you to victory. His word will never fail us. And he, his word will never lead us astray. He is faithful to his sons and his daughters. We don't go by what we see. We go by what the word of the Lord says. Jehoshaphat could not see what was going to happen the next day or the day after. But he prayed. He heard the word of the Lord. They believed the word of the Lord. Then they praised the Lord before they got the victory. And the victory came. We will see a victory. I don't know what that victory is going to look like. But I know that the victory belongs to you and the victory belongs to me. We are victorious. This is not a time for the church, the bride of Christ, to wimp out. We're not tapping out. We're not giving up. I don't run. I might get knocked down, but I don't run. I might get afraid and I might stand afraid but I'm not wimping out and I'm not tapping out. This is a time for God's church to step up and go forward in the name of the Lord. It's time to pursue. We have a very short, small, limited opportunity, a window 
of opportunity to rebuild a nation, a nation that is in covenant with God. And we truly are living in one of the greatest eras in history. Jesus Christ is building his church still, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm sorry, I have to say it again. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Act like you believe the word of the Lord. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Be encouraged. God has never lost a battle. Never, not once, not in the history of my life, not in the history of the word of God, not in the history Never. God has never lost a battle. He's not going to lose this one. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mark 9.23 says, Anything, anything is possible to those who believe. Anything is possible to those who believe. Believing is a choice. We choose to believe. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23 and 19 says to me, God is not a man that he should lie. God does not lie. His word is true. And I, I stand on 2 Chronicles 2020, and I will read it again. Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Stand firm. Believe in the prophets, and you will succeed. I don't know about you. My personal choice is I choose to believe the word of the Lord that's been given to us through the mouth of the prophets. If that word does not come to pass, so be it. God's will be done. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I will still worship I will still praise. I will still sing. But we need to understand. We need to understand. God has given us authority. He has given us the keys of authority. We are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. We are seated at the Father's right hand in Christ. And he has released. He has delegated his authority to us. He didn't delegate pastor's authority to me. He didn't delegate Pastor Randy's authority to me. He delegated his authority to me. And he tells us what we need to speak over our situations, whether it's a personal situation, whether it's a national situation, or whether it's a global situation. He tells us what to speak over our situations. We are his body. We are his hands. We are his feet. And we are his voice. We are his mouth. And when we speak his word, we carry his authority. When we pray the word of the Lord and when we decree his will, when we decree his will, it has the same power and effectiveness as when he says it. That's very powerful. We've been called as kingdom ambassadors to transform our culture and demonstrate judicious kingdom authority right in the middle of enemy occupation. Did you, did you get that? We have been called as kingdom ambassadors to transform our culture and demonstrate judicious kingdom authority right in the middle of enemy occupation. 
Job 22 and 28 says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. We have been given authority from heaven to shift things through prayer. When we decree and declare God's word over a situation, it positions us to receive the promise. Decreeing the word of the Lord with our mouth shifts the spiritual atmosphere. When we start praying the word of God, our voices become one with his, shifting the atmosphere and opening up heaven for God's word to be manifested on the earth. That's powerful. That is powerful to me. Praying God's word anoints us with the power and authority to move nations, heal lands, release prosperity and peace, and further God's kingdom on earth. So let us move on to the final key in Judah's miraculous deliverance of victory. And that's highlighted in verse 21. And it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. It was not a woe is me song. It was a joyful song. They rejoiced in the Lord. They sang praises unto the Lord before they got the victory. Praise means, or the name Judah means praise. King Jehoshaphat was, Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. Judah means praise. Psalms 22 and 3 says, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. That scripture explains that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. The word enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, he's ready to manifest his kingdom's power in the way that is most appropriate for our situation. Whenever and wherever God's people praise him, he reigns among them and he does miraculous things on their behalf. Since God is enthroned in the praises of his people, praise is the key to entering fully into his presence. God awaits praise-filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come so that his will can be done in our lives. We don't manipulate God, but we align ourselves up with the revelation of who he is, and we praise him because of who he is. The Lord manifests himself when we praise and worship him. We see that this is the case in King Jehoshaphat and his encounter with these three enemy armies that assembled themselves against his nation of Judah. The children of the tribe of Judah began to call upon their heavenly father by praising him. They realized that without the help of God, they wouldn't be able to stand against this great vast army of people. The people praised God and he defeated the army for them. Praise and worship is the activity that calls on the hand of the Almighty and causes him to intervene on our behalf. He manifests himself in our situations and circumstances when we praise him. An assault against God's children is an assault against him. Our battles are his battles. And we already know that through him, we are more than conquerors. So notice that as the people of Judah began to sing and praise God, 
God set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah. The Ammonites and Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Then, further confused, they turned on one another, and they all ended up killing one another. And Job 5.12 says, He frustrates the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot carry out their plans. Psalm 5.10 says, Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. This is exactly what happened to the enemies of King Jehoshaphat. So we have learned that the three key strategies to victory is fasting, prayer, and praise. And now that we know that, we're going to practice two of them. So at this time, we're going to pray. We're going to declare the word of the Lord over our nation. If you've got situations in your life that you need to pray and declare the word of the Lord over, do that. Widen your mouth. Open your mouth. Let your voice be heard. Pray scripture. Pray scripture over our nation. Pray scripture over your situation and your circumstances. You can stand. You can pray at your seat. You can come forward. Whatever you're most comfortable doing, I would ask that you do that at this time, and we're going to enter into corporate prayer. We're going to allow the Lord to have his way. We're going to allow the Lord to have liberty in our prayer time. We're going to let him do what he wants to do in our prayer time, and we're going to honor him with our prayer. We're going to do what King Jehoshaphat did. We're going to make our prayers and our needs known before the Lord. I would ask that when you're done praying, please don't leave unless you have to. Please remain reverent to those that are still praying and to the Lord, because when we're done praying, we are going to corporately offer up a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And I, I hope that it's a worthy praise. I want you to praise like your nation depends on it. I want you to praise like your situation depends on it. So if you would, go ahead and position yourself for prayer.